The financial needs of a business go beyond tax and attest services. That's why CTBK goes beyond accounting services and offers outsourced solutions through their affiliation with CFO Solutions Plus. These additional services allow clients to focus on their operational and long-term strategic goals. Trust CTBK's outsourced solutions to provide cost-effective, value-added financial services tailored to your company's needs. Call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400. Or go to ctbk.com to learn more about CTBK's outsourced solutions. Welcome to another edition of Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK, CPAs and business consultants. We're joined by an old friend, Jenna Harner from KIVB Channel 4 back in the day. She is now with, let me make sure I get these right, because the other town call letters just don't fall off the tongue like, uh, like when you live there. WPXI Channel 11 in Pittsburgh and... Uh, we're going to have Jenna uh, tell us what's going on down there in, in Pittsburgh uh, in advance of this uh, Steelers at Bills game uh, Sunday in Orchard Park. Uh, I am Tim Graham of The Athletic, also joined by Jonah Bronstein, as always. But Jenna, before we get started, uh, what is on your refrigerator? I need to make sure that people can't zoom in and see something incriminating. I see perhaps, I don't know if those are appointments or what, what, do, we, what do we have back there? You have, there's multiple save the dates. I keep joking with all my friends. I'm like, guys, don't get married during the fall, during football season, because I probably won't be able to come. Although I do have to say my best friend's wedding that I'm in, that is this save the date, one of three. Um, that just, the Steelers happen to be playing on Monday night football and her wedding Saturday. So I was like, I will be able to come to that one. Ironically. That was thoughtful of her. So nice of her. She planned it out perfectly. And then of course, this is, this might be my favorite one. This is the last Buffalo Sabres game that I covered in person, which just so happened to be against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay. Well, let's do that. Can you do this? Can you grab that uh, lineup? It's the lineup, right? Yep. It's a let's, real good let's one. Let's just talk about some of these names that were on the Sabres. <laughs> so that way people can also be a little bit of a gauge as to how long you've been gone from Buffalo. Who, what do we have there? <laughs> Uh, so we have, wow, all oh, this is fun. Uh, top line, Victor Olofsson, Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhart. I remember those guys. Uh, second line, which if I'm correct, none of these guys are still in Buffalo. Jimmy VC, Marcus Johansson, and Dominic Cahoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Give me the wow. last line. Who, who is actually skating in this game? Uh, Zemgis, Gergensens, Johan Larson, and Kyle Oposo were the bottom line there. Well, it's not bad. Colin Miller and, oh no, Colin Miller was a healthy scratch. That's, uh, and Michael Froelich were your healthy scratches. Wow. And I'm, I'm the Penguins lineup, I'm sure, was just as talented. <laughs> exactly equivalent with, with your, its uh, multiple Hall of Famers. <laughs> uh, Jenna, why, why uh, do you still have that? Why are you hanging on to that lineup card? Uh, honestly, I had it with me when I moved here, so I could just kind of keep reiterating the Penguins lines and just kind of like visually seeing it and then just kind of its memorabilia now. I'm like, man, remember it was, uh, this is pre-pandemic. The game was March 5th, 2020. So little did we know what was happening ahead. Okay. So you, March 5th, 2020, it seems to me 
that you have been gone a lot longer than that. I don't know. What does it feel like for you in, in Pittsburgh? Because it's obviously been a whirlwind in terms of sports because it is such a huge sports town and we'll get into that, but it's that, that strikes me. If I would have said you've been gone three years. It's crazy. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. Like I look back and there's so much that's happened between when I left Buffalo and getting to Pittsburgh, but then it's also like in, I, you know, I, what was it? March. I think it was like the last week of March was when I officially moved here. So Right. I, I joke. I started, I moved and took a new sports job in a new city in the first full week of a pandemic when there were no sports. <laughs> Perfect timing, really. Wild. Yeah. So you get an extra major, um, major league team there, of course, uh, with uh, major league baseball added that to the mix. And although UB has been doing much better though, Pitt is almost like a fourth franchise, uh, when it comes to uh, coverage there, what's, um, What's, what's that been like for you making the shift from Buffalo to a city like Pittsburgh? It's been awesome. And I feel like I say this all the time too, whenever someone asks me this, but I, you know, Buffalo will always have a special place in my heart. And I talk about Buffalo so much here because I think there are so, it feels so similar in a sense, like both of the, just the way that the cities embrace their sports teams through all the ups and all the downs. And, you know, everybody, again, you go to a Wegmans, there's no Wegmans here. Sadly, that's my one, like, may it rest in the most peace. I miss it so much. Um, What do you you have there? Giant Eagle? Is that the thing giant eagle well i was wondering if you could explain this to me because i'm from here and i've never moved away why is wegman so much better than every other supermarket i I can't understand why the other supermarkets all over the country can't compete with what i've enjoyed my entire life it's the subs i think that might be just that alone the wegman subs are unmatched they're amazing chicken salad sriracha mayo it's my go-to it's fantastic um i don't know it's just it has that feel to it the just all the like the hot bar all the italian stuff granted i don't know if it's still that way with the pandemic and everything but i just you you can't compare like i love giant eagles great giant eagle market district is like their let's attempt to be a wegmans but not quite it just, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's wonderful, but it's not the same. You do have sheets though, that uh, we don't get to enjoy sheets uh, around here as much. Uh, that is, uh, well, uh, it's pretty, it's, it's borderline dangerous, depending on when you're there, whether you're had a, had a couple of drinks or not. Um, but it is a place that people <laughs> have a tendency to turn into dinner at four in the morning. Um, Anyways, I don't know that I'd, I'd trade my Wegmans for sheets, but I do, I do like a good, a good sheets dog uh, or, a, you know, you can get whatever you want. What, what it would be like for, for a, a Western New Yorker not familiar with sheets, it would be like having a, uh, a John's or a Jim Stakeout at, in a gas station. Yes, that's a you perfect description. Order anything off of that menu. Um, anyways, what else do we like in uh, Pittsburgh? What's a Pittsburgh like thing? Food? Oh, wait, go ahead, Jonah. Does it taste like gas station food? No. No, it's good. Because I can get a pizza at 7-Eleven. I can get a hot dog there, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, with sheets, you can actually see into the kitchen. There's a cook, and they make it for you. So it's not like sitting there for you. It's not, it's not self-serve like most gas station things would be. No, it's not those rotating hot dogs. They right. actually make it. You can get subs too. They're pretty, honestly, they're pretty good. They have these like mac and cheese bites. Again, I could just, I could go there all the time. It's bad. There's so many that are so close. I'm like, you can't go, Jenna. You can't go today. 
what else do we like in Pittsburgh? What, what are the big cultural changes or what don't we like or what's missed uh, from Western New York? Wagman's is definitely missed. I feel like I just have to keep going that Paula's that's another one of my fan favorites. There, there've been some good donuts here. I have to say there have been some good donuts, but this is obvious. Of course, the wings, nothing, you come to Buffalo and you have wings, you know, everybody has their favorite spot. Everybody has everything. And then you realize when you leave Buffalo, how other places try and do their best wings and they just don't compare. (laughs) They're good. I've had some very good wings in Pittsburgh, but just nothing compares. Like I am so excited to show like my photographer when we come up this week, I'm like, I can't wait to show you all of the real wing spots. Like you have to try all these places. Well, what do we, okay. So give us the itinerary. Uh, You're coming up and you're going to spend a little extra time. Uh, You're probably going to do a little, even though Buffalo and Pittsburgh are so close, a four hour drive. Yeah. Are you, are you going to be a tour guide for some of your colleagues while you're in town? little bit. I'm excited. I've already gotten uh, a lot of the Pittsburgh sport media has asked, you know, for wing recommendations, dinner recommendations. I'm like, guys, do I pull out the list that I have on my phone and we can scroll through? Like, tell me the food you're looking for. And I got you covered. Um, so definitely going to be a little bit of a tour guide, but yeah, coming up on Saturday, it's just, it's, it's funny because with this job and just the way that things have worked out, I mean, the bills and Steelers played last year and then, um, the Sabres and Penguins played on NBC. So we covered that game too. So I've been back to Buffalo like three or four times in the last year. So it's been, it's nice. It feels like I kind of haven't left, even though I have. And it's, it's like a border. It's, it's not the same as a regular road game. You don't have to get on a plane to get to the game. It's a quick drive. You could do it all in one day. If you wanted, you can be your own boss. You can leave your hotel when you want. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to, you know, you anyway. Uh, so where, what are the wing places? Well, you see, this is the thing. This is where it's tricky. When you, we, we are now going to publicly talk about your wing recommendations and what you are sharing about Western New York with others. And this is, it's, you have to be careful because you could bring shame upon yourself. Uh, depending, you have to, do you, do you go with the safe play or, how, how do you, um, really, you can say whatever you want in Pittsburgh, but you're about to tell this podcast, uh, you're going to reveal something of yourself that could bring scorns. Uh, what, um, so, so what are you daring to do when you're here in Western New York? I'm hoping this doesn't give extra judgment. Um, I mean, it, it feels like it's almost, I don't want to say cliche because I'm not coming off and saying anchor bar duffs. I actually never had anchor bar when I was in Buffalo for the two years that I was right there. On. Um, barbell is my go-to just, I mean, the Cajun honey butter barbecue. I can't like those to me, I dream of those wings still. I vividly dream of those wings. Um, so that's, that's up there for me. Gabe's gate, their barbecue. I, I like their barbecue a lot more than I like their regular, like wings, just the hot wings. Elmo's was actually, I was introduced right before I left. That was, and I was kind of bummed out that I missed out on that. Overrated though, right? Elmo's is overrated. They were good. They like, again, I feel like I never had a bad wing. Tim, you look like you have, like, you're dying to say something. No, well, (laughs) you know, that that's, that's, you know, a top spot, you know, that is, uh, that's, that's home base for me. So, you know, Jonah's just trying to, uh, see if they're listening. Yeah. Jonah, <laughs> Jonah wants to see, yeah. If, if we get dirty looks or, or a remark, uh, really, um, 
it should be noted. And you can watch the game uh, on Sunday if you don't have a ticket uh, that Amherst Pizza and Ale House also has fantastic wings uh, with all their televisions as a new sponsor of Tim Graham and Friends brought to you by CTBK. Well, let's see if Jenna knows this trivia question. What's the best wing spot that's closest to the Channel 4 studio in Buffalo? Uh, Kelly's Corner. That's correct. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yep. Shout out to Kelsey Anderson, a uh, longtime Buffalo resident fan, everything. Channel 4, fantastic human being. She, one Saturday at work, she's like, I'm just going to go, like, I'm just going to run a couple errands, comes back with wings for the newsroom. I'm like, you are a gem of a human. So that was, Kelly's Corner was delicious. See, now I don't know a lot about Kelsey Anderson. I've never met her. But this seems like an important thing to know, like that she is that type of person. She she paid for the entire newsroom and she went and got them. And that's a pretty cool thing to do. It was a fantastic surprise, especially on a it was I feel like it was just a slow Sunday over the summer. At one point, she's just like, I'm going to come out and come back and brings, you know, two steaming hot giant containers full of wings. I'm like, you are. This is why you're an incredible person. Like, find yourself uh-huh. someone that will do that in life. And you left, and you left the station anyway, even though somebody like that was was already in your life. Um, Where we we broke a train of thought here. We were talking. Uh, Jonah was trying to get you to say bad things about Elmo's, uh, <laughs> but you said you were. So you just caught him on the way out of town. So where are you going? You only have so many days. What wings are you going? You 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 dream about Bar Bill, so that's on your list. What else? Um, so definitely Bar Bill. And probably, I'll probably end up going to Gabe's Gate just because my photographer isn't a huge fan of like crazy spicy wings, even though I told him like hot in Buffalo really isn't crazy spicy, at least to me. Um, so I'll probably, I'll probably give him the, uh, the barbecuing experience if he feels like it. I keep saying like, everyone's already asking me, like, can you bring back wings? I'm like, they're not as good, but I can, if you want. No. People That's in tough. Pittsburgh, and then your car is going to reek of it. I mean, I, not reek like it's a bad smell, but that's, no. a, that's a that's a tough smell to be in the car four hours with. Yeah, just to linger, and then I'll feel like I'll be hungry and I'll want to eat them, and then you can't eat when you're driving. You, you occasionally will get on a plane with somebody who gets the who comes through with wings, and they bring them on the plane, and it's just it's not good. No, sorry, <laughs> Jonah, I I cut Jonah off there. Well, I wanted to ask Jenna about. Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh salads, do they eat them as much and take as much pride as we do here in Buffalo with chicken wings? So I've never actually had a Pittsburgh salad. I've yet to have fries on a salad. I have had Primanis and it's good. It's funny because you ask people about Primanis here and I feel like people feel very similar to Anchor Bar and Duff's type thing where it's, you know, oh yeah, like that's where we tell everybody to come here. But like, if you're from here, you don't really go there. It's good. I like it a lot. I mean, I'm all for any type of sandwich meat you want on a sandwich with, you know, you get like corned beef. You, oh, it's, it's good. It's not something you'll eat every day because those fries in the middle of the sandwich are, you know, delicious, but it's, it's good. There's pierogies are a big thing too, which I love that like was felt like Buffalo too. There you go. The pierogies, that's good stuff. Um, I'm not a big fry on the sandwich. I don't know. You know, it's just me. I don't think any less of anybody. Uh, I have had a, a Pittsburgh salad. Uh, I had it in at the Buffalo News Cafeteria once, uh, so I'm sure it was authentic. Um, totally. But I liked it. It was actually pretty good. Um, 
What else do we want to talk about Pittsburgh culture? Have you picked up an accent? Um, are you saying yins and yuns and and have you have you ventured into West Virginia much? I I'm not, but there are a lot of coworkers and a lot of friends here that are very local that grew up here and don't realize they have the accent, but I hear it so it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> It, how many times have you gotten lost? I, I find that driving around Western Pennsylvania is probably the easiest place in the world to get lost. I don't know what it is about GPSs and the city of Pittsburgh. And I live downtown. So getting like my first couple of weeks here, figuring out how to get out of the city was the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I was like, cause your GPS like doesn't connect and it doesn't do that. And you're going through a tunnel and you're going over a bridge and then it's trying to come back and it's saying, Nope, go this way, go that way, turn around. I'm like, I don't know how to do it. I don't. Surrounded by mountains. There's all kinds of stuff you have to deal with. Yeah. And the uh, the way it's set up is is absurd. Uh, the the structure. I don't know that there's a grid involved. All the the, the one ways and the bridges. You you go off. You end up on the wrong bridge. And um, anyways, people really, if they've stuck with it, they really want to get to some Steelers talk, uh, Jenna. To, <laughs> they're really putting up with a lot. I know. Um, food infrastructure. We'll talk football now. Right. Well, how about this infrastructure? We'll talk about the two big pieces of infrastructure with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're a quarterback who, at least to me last season, looked totally shot. Um, of course, things change uh, with some personnel and some coaching. And uh, TJ Watt looks like uh, he's going to play. So that big mystery is uh, appears to be off the table uh, for heading into the game. Um I don't know. We'll, we'll just start some, with some broad strokes here, Jenna. What are you, what are your thoughts on this game and what are Steelers fans? Uh, okay. Let me, I'll reset. As you can imagine, Bill's fans, especially with not being in the stadium last year. Um, I was actually talking with Mark gone of the Buffalo news uh, as we were here at practice. I, I, I wanted to know uh, we, we didn't come up with an actual number, but I said, what do you think the o- over under on deaths will be uh, based on this game? Uh you know, it's like that Monday night football game they had here the one year and two people died, you know, because people are just obnoxious and they're going to be all fired up and they're going to have a lot to get out of their systems. And the Steelers are good and the Bills are good and the, the, the expectations, of, you know, it's going to be I'm going to get to the game early. Let's put it that way. I don't want to be caught out in anything. Um, so, Jenna, what's it like in Pittsburgh because the Steelers had one of those weird seasons. They were so great and went undefeated so deep into the year. It ended with disappointment. Uh, people were probably worried about Roethlisberger and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's funny just kind of seeing the reaction and everything that's been happening this week in particular, because so many Steelers fans, I think, are so concerned with what's happening with TJ Watt. When is he going to sign his contract? all of the things associated with that, that I feel like they're at least on social media losing a little bit of sight of, you know, oh, it's week one. Not only is it week one, but they're playing the Bills in Buffalo where Bills Mafia and all of Bills fans haven't been able to see this team in person in a packed stadium for over a full season. I know there were some fans um, at the playoff games last year, but nothing to the extent of, I think, what we're going to expect on Sunday. And I think this game also is going to be closer than a lot of people anticipate. And I've been saying this 
and I'm saying it with like caution whenever I tell people in Pittsburgh this, but I'm like, this is a game that the, like the bills are going to win this game on paper. It just seems what it is. I think if there was going to be more cohesion on the Steelers offensive line, they have a ton of new parts. You lose three perennial pro bowl guys. There's going to be a lot of mix and matching. And when you're center and the guy who's protecting Ben's blind side are both rookies. He even was saying today, there are going to be some growing pains and we're going to see some ups and downs as the season goes on. And especially against what we know that the bills pass rush can do. I'm going to be very intrigued to see kind of how that all shakes out. But I think that this game is going to be a little bit closer because a lot of people, I think looking back to last season, I remember sitting in that press box and having so many, you know, I came in, was telling, you know, all my, old colleagues and chatting with everybody about, Oh, you know, the Steelers team. Yes, they were. I think they lost at that point. I'm trying to remember what their record was. They had a couple losses at that point, but um, I said, you know, they're good, but they're, I don't entirely think they're as great as their record shows. They've had some weaknesses. They've had some really close games. They've been playing an easy schedule and their linebacking situation last year for this matchup was not fantastic. So I think that's going to be a bigger thing. You get a guy like Devin Bush back. That's crucial. But um, it's just, I think it's gonna be closer than people think. I guess that's where I'm going back to circling back with this. It's gonna be closer than people think. I just think that the bills have a lot of weapons. And I think that there are some questions with the Steelers offensive line and just with some of the new pieces on defense for the Steelers, Alex Highsmith's going to need to have a big game with the loss of Bud Dupree, um, at that linebacker position over the off season. And their secondary is going to be tested against Allen. There's no doubt about that. What's the gist uh, there in around in Latrobe or in in Pittsburgh uh, over the over the summer regarding Roethlisberger and what he has left? He's thirty nine. He's actually you know thirty past thirty nine and a half. Uh, he'll be very close to forty by the end of this season. Um, is are the, is there optimism or, or I guess what's being what's being what's the vibe um, even if it's not being said out loud. I think it's kind of that this is probably more likely than not going to be his last season. Nothing is set in stone, obviously, but just the fact that the way his contract went down over the off season, you know, he said he was going to take less money just because he wants to be there. He, when he does, I mean, you could see it after the loss to the Browns in the playoffs in that wild card game. He was so upset. He was so frustrated. He did not want to go out that way. So for him to come back, I think showed not only that the organization's like, okay, we do believe in you for one more year, but we need to give you some more support, which kind of ties into Najee Harris and why they drafted him where they did. Um, but I mean, that was like such a thing that plagued them last year. Like you were saying how shot he looked at that point in the season. They did not have a run game at all last year. It was horrendous. They could not establish it. You didn't have, you know, James Connor wasn't doing anything for them. So I think that's going to be a crucial aspect this year to really kind of see what Ben has. If he doesn't have to throw the ball 52 times a game, like he did towards the end of the season, that's probably going to fare better for them. I think, I mean, it's also interesting to kind of see how he's been adjusting to the new offense under new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, who was with Pitt, who really is known for like creative plays, trick plays, being really versatile with that offense. Um, and that's not entirely Ben's style, or at least it really hasn't been the last handful of years. 
Um, but he also says, you know, when he came into camp, he felt a lot better just because he wasn't throwing the ball a crazy amount to try and build back up. Like he was headed into camp last year, coming off of the elbow surgery where he missed the season. So there is optimism, but I think it's like almost, I don't even want to say cautious, but it's more protected where they're going to say, okay, we know what you can do. We just need you to be consistent in order to find, you know, prolong what we can do with this team. And I think they're going to rely a little bit more on the defense this year, which, you know, that is what they've been doing for the last handful of years. TJ Watt, how good is he? TJ Watt is fantastic. And I think there's so many things where, you know, all the controversy, should he have won defensive player of the year last year? He led the league in sacks. Him and Aaron Donald are always going to be interchangeable in that sense. Everyone's going to look at it and say, okay, Aaron Donald does this, TJ Watt does this. And there is, people are concerned coming in, you know, Watt hasn't participated in the team portion of training camp. He's done all individual drills. Today was the first day that he actually fully participated in team drills, which Mike Tomlin told us earlier in the week was going to be um, his, you know, he fully anticipated that he fully anticipates him playing Um, obviously with the whole contract situation, that was probably a big part of why he wasn't participating during training camp, but he seems like he's ready to go. He seems very, very, very fired up. I think the fact that he didn't win defensive player of the year last year, when we talked to him about it um, at some point during the off season, you could tell he just, he has that chip on his shoulder mentality, which he always talks about, even though he's as talented as he is. Um, and I think he's coming into this season with probably even more of a hunger than he had last season to, you know, double digit sack total leading the league did pretty well for himself. But again, you're going against different teams. Um, it is going to be interesting though, to see how he comes into this game. I know people are concerned about his conditioning level, his football contact level, but at the end of the day, it's TJ Watt. Mike Tomlin was saying, you know, there are players like TJ Watt, like Aaron Donald that are not, he basically said yesterday, he's not normal, (laughs) which is hysterical. He called him an alien last season. Just, you know, he said he's not from this planet. He's not sure he was born on this planet or something to that extent. Um, and that's just the type of guy he is, but you know, they have a lot of faith in him. They're excited to see him out there. And I think the guys around him are excited to have him back out there. Do you notice any different vibe from, from Mike Tomlin? And I, you haven't been down there so long, but I know that the media guys all talk and they, you compare notes and you, you know, learn from your colleagues at your station or even from the competitors. But is there any sense that Mike Tomlin is viewing this season or taking an approach to this season any different than he has in the past? Not at all. And I think that might be kind of a part of who Mike Tomlin is. He doesn't really show us a ton of that stuff. He's very to the book, by the book, which, you know, I definitely respect. And, you know, he's straightforward with things. He'll tell you how it is. Um, You know, all the his Mike Tomlinisms. He had a really good one today. Something about sharpening the sword, getting prepared for battle, like those classic. You you love it. You love to hear those. Um, But there's not, you know, he knows that I think there are more question marks this season compared to, you know, I have a small sample size. This is my second full season with the team, but there are definitely more question marks coming into this season than there were a season ago. And I think there is more pressure, especially, you know, how much of a timetable do they have left 
with Ben, um, you know, is their defense going to perform the way it's been performing the last handful of seasons? Are they going to get production out of Najee Harris as the offensive line who's so young and new? And, you know, we, they haven't even really played a ton together during the preseason, which is a big concern too. There's been so many interchangeable parts. They've been trying to move things around, um, trying to figure things out, figure out the best combinations that they like, but you know, I think he still is, you know, the ship is steady. They're kind of keeping their heads forward, doing what they've always done. And I think that's what kind of has helped them have the success that they've had the last handful of years. Well, that's a pretty good uh, update out of Pittsburgh, I think, heading into the game. Uh, if you're if you're a Bills fan out there wondering about the mood, uh, if this is a team that, um, well, look, let's, let's face it. Ben Roethlisberger's there. They do have a lot of experience uh, in other places. Um, it, the type of team that probably could handle whatever crowd experience they're going to be facing, um, that's probably going to be a little overwhelming regard, even if you're Ben Roethlisberger, who's been in this league for a long time. But, uh, I, I think that a key to this game is going to be the bills. Uh, and if they're able to not get too tightly wound and Josh Allen has shown a, a propensity to do that. Um, with the crowd that's going and, and it's the, the noise and, and the energy and, and the expectations and the overload. And it'll be interesting to see um, how the home team handles it um, just as much as, as the road team. Um, but it seems as though that the Steelers, well, based on what you're saying, of course, we didn't get into every position and every, you know, the entire depth chart, but it seems as, as though the Steelers, uh, are viewing this as a uh, with like they're not running out the clock uh, uh, on on Ben Roethlisberger like this is uh, you know they they got a, they got a shot to do some things yeah and they've you know they in you know we've talked to kind of some of the guys throughout the week at this point obviously we've only had two days of availability up to this point but they know the challenge in this Bills team and they said that last year that was a big thing they were like we know this is a good team and I think you know, seeing the progression of what the Bills under Josh Allen, under Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean have progressed to this high level. You know, Mike Tomlin was saying, we're going into an incredibly hostile environment against the defending AFC champs or AFC East champs, excuse me. That's, you know, he's, he didn't sugarcoat it. Same thing with Ben Roethlisberger, didn't sugarcoat it as well. So they know the challenge that they have. You know, Tomlin could not speak highly enough of Josh Allen, of his arm talent. Um, of the defense, you know, um, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, he called Trey White. He think he said he's the best cornerback in the game, if not one of the best. So no bulletin board material coming out of Mike Tomlin today. No. It was all it, throwing bouquets and making sure that the bills know they're great. It might be uh, a good strategy. You don't want to piss these guys off. You know, the bills have fed off that underdog mentality for so long. Yeah. Uh, and um, in fact, Micah Hyde was asked about that today uh, and it's, it is interesting to see how they're going to handle being with the exception of the Kansas city chiefs. They did lose their last game in the AFC championship game, but um, being the alpha dog being chased, having that target on your back, as opposed to everybody writes us off. They can't talk about how every, nobody gives us, you know, they're, they're being picked to win the super bowl. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how the bills use that. I'm definitely excited. To and the Steelers of- are used to being in that position. Well, the Steelers are like one of those team, one of those very hand, the handful of teams that you would pencil in as your contender, you know, out of the AFC. And are they aren't they still that team? I mean, they were 11-0 to start last season, and there might have been injury issues with Roethlisberger and other players. 
They well, they but losing five one of their last six games, including game to Cleveland, and they're in a division with two teams that are probably better than them, and Baltimore and Cleveland. You know that. Right, but aren't they still a team that could win this game? I think that. They, oh yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think. I mean, they're not the Steelers team of the past in the sense, you know, the last decade or so. I don't. I mean, they're still a very good team. Don't get me wrong by that. They're still. They still have a lot of talent. I don't think they're anywhere on, you know, the Jets or the Jaguars level. You know, you don't hear the words rebuild. That's not really surrounding this team at all, especially with you know T.J. Watt and Nick Fitzpatrick, the guys that they have on defense, the star power that they have in their receivers. With all those guys, they can make explosive plays, but you know, they're being picked to finish third in the AFC North behind Baltimore and Cleveland. And that for them, I mean, it's weird because they feel like they have a little bit of an underdog mentality. They kind of, you know, seemingly like everybody seems to be writing them off and they're using that, you know, when we talked with, I think it was when we talked with Ben, um, the first time we talked with him during training camp, he said, you know, people are writing us off and we're taking note of that. Yeah. It's not that long ago that, uh, you know, the Steelers, you know, health shit. It was not that long ago. It was, yeah, it was like to Jonah's point. It was 10 months ago. We were talking about the Steelers in the Super Bowl uh, <laughs> because they were 11 and 0. So uh, yeah, but losing that five out of six to end the season and the way they did it um, really such a whimper. And I think that you know, so much of it is, is on if Ben Roethlisberger really is done or not. And if he still has some Ben Roethlisberger in him, then there, then I, then I'm, I, I'm back with Jonah. I think that they are, uh, they're a team that uh, they're a team that, that can win the division and a, a good division too. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'm going to need to see it. I'm going to need to see it for a few weeks out of bed. And, and I'm probably going to need to see it even into the second half of the season with Roethlisberger uh, because that happens sometimes with guys, you know, that they, they have enough energy to get a, once they get into November, then they start to fall apart a little. We would see that with Brett Favre on occasion just as an example. Um, what else about Pittsburgh sports? Anything else uh, about the Penguins or, or the Pirates that you think might be of interest to folks here in Western New York? Hmm. Pirates are awful. <laughs> the Pirates are not great. And it's just, they've had so many, I'm sure most of you have seen them on SportsCenter, not top 10 or any, they blow up on Twitter, but like all of the crazy, if you picked the top five worst mistakes in major league baseball this year, I think the pirates have three of them at least. Right. <laughs> yeah, is, and the penguins, everybody gets their fill with the penguins. Everybody knows about the penguins. It's not what even does Jenna think about Jack Eichel, where he's going to oh. end up and, and how this Jack oh, Eichel, yeah. covered most of seems to be coming to an end. Yeah, that's a really in good fact. Point. You didn't miss much of Jack Eichel. You left, and as we said in the beginning, in March 2020, he's only played uh, about four games. You missed about since two you haircuts. left. <laughs> two You've haircuts. seen his whole career still. Oh my gosh, that whole situation is fascinating to me. I think the craziest part that, like, when you deep dive into it, I had no idea, and probably I should have just read up on the um, NFL or NHL PA and all that stuff, but teams or the like the players agreed in the CBA the players agreed to the fact that teams can decide what surgeries they get which I just I don't to me I don't know if just like that aspect of it was fascinating I get it from a business standpoint you know if a guy says he wants to have some crazy surgery which obviously we're seeing with Eichel just in the sense because what no one correct me if I'm wrong but no one no NHL players had the surgery before that he wants the only known athlete is an MMA guy Mm. and um he it 
it may have been successful for him, but he hasn't been successful as a performer since that. I mean, so maybe the surgery did great and you can't blame his losses on the surgery, but it, it maybe it's not a coincidence either. Yeah. I feel like the timetable maybe seems to have closed a little bit, even though there's murmurs of what could happen. But again, too, teams don't seemingly don't want to take a risk on a guy that, you know, could get surgery and miss the entire season because of it. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong in that way. I think that his neck injury and his surgery have a lot to do with why he hasn't been traded yet. But there's also no movement on that. We haven't heard that he's going to have surgery or that the conservative treatment has made it so he doesn't need surgery. It's a big holding pattern. Teams won't. Teams hardly know what they're even trading for. You know, he's such damaged goods that they would they would need to know they what they would want him to do. Maybe maybe the the new team would want him to have this new surgery. Maybe whatever. But yeah, it's um, it's hard to give up a lot of assets like the Sabers reportedly are asking for uh, for somebody who might not be able to gut it out or, or put together a, a long enough career to justify the contract. But he's, he also might be healthy. I mean, he's not Ben Roethlisberger. He's not 39 years old. Right. It's been about a year. I mean, maybe his neck has healed or maybe there is a, you know, a surgical procedure that can get him back on the ice pretty quickly. He's still a young player. We don't think this is a career ending injury. No. It is just going to be, I feel like you keep hearing, you know, the Rangers, the LA's, these giant markets that seemingly could suit him well, just in his personality and the type of guy that, you know, we've seen him be, but I don't know. I feel like, and just kind of backing out, I guess, from my perspective of being in Buffalo for a little bit and now being here um, and covering him for a little bit of time, but just, it seems like, again, you know, with the way that the Sabres have been building and for the last couple of years here, like a ton, he was given a ton of pressure and he was basically given so much responsibility for as young as he was that it just seems that it was a little, I, don't, I guess I don't want to say hard maybe for him, but it was just, it might've been too much of an ask for him, even though he's supposed to be that guy. I mean, when he was drafted second overall, that was kind of, you know, you're supposed to eventually become this guy and will he, will he not? Is he just so sick of losing consistently that he's like, I'm done, I'm out. I'm going to be interested to see how his career progresses in the next, you know, two, three years. They should have had him start at a small market like Elmira and get all those reps <laughs> under his belt. And then he would have been a much better player. That's the way to do it. That's it. Recipe for success. There it is. Well, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, hammer this point home as we talked uh, so much about wings earlier in the show uh, on an episode when we do have a new sponsor, uh, Amherst Pizza and Alehouse, uh, that uh, it is an awesome place to go and watch the games. They have the NFL Sunday ticket, so uh, check it out on Sunday. Also, they have all the MMA and the boxing and all that stuff. They get all those pay-per-views. Um, fantastic takeout delivery joint. Uh, the number there, 716-625-7100. One more time, because I know you didn't have a pen in your hand. 716-625-7100. ESPN once voted Amherst Pizza and Ale House the, quote, place to watch games in Western New York, end quote. ESPN did. Who they have all that? kinds I of TV it. all over the place. It's where you get the pizza fries. They're the home of the pizza fries that Janine Talley is always tweeting about. Pittsburgh fries. No, they're pizza fries. Jonah, you're stepping all over the sponsor. You're going you're gonna to cause them to withdraw, and um, we're going to be worse off for it. We're going to have to cancel. Oh, okay. 
I need some of those pizza fries. Those sound fantastic. 716-625-7100. Have them sent right to the hotel. I might do that. I honestly might do that. Sunday after the game when I'm just like done after all the stories we do, I'm just going to go and I, I might do that. Thank you for the suggestion. Right on. So what else uh, do we want to talk about, Jenna, before we let you go? Anything else on your mind? Any shout outs? Any shout That's wow. This is so much power here. You have a lot of, this is a big platform. This is huge. Um, I mean, shout out to the Buffalo, the people of Buffalo. I, I miss you guys a lot. City of good neighbors. I tell everybody in Pittsburgh about it and people, people in Pittsburgh are fantastic and it, it has that similar feel, but I just, I mean, I'll never forget one day, a day it snowed. So any day in the winter pencil, which day you want. Um, I, there was probably a couple, like a foot and a half of snow on the ground. I went out to clean my car off and this woman, the plow would put my car in a little bit and like put some snow up behind my car. This woman who lived across the street from me was shoveling my car out because she was so mad that the guy the, on the plow, he's like, she just, he blocked you in, he blocked you in. So like, I'm just trying to help you out. So she shoveled me out of my car. I was like, I have a shovel. Let me grab it. She's like, no, no, no. You turn the wheel, you direct it. That's like one of my favorite Buffalo stories. It's just like, when people ask me what Buffalo is like, I'm like that, that's the epitome of what it is. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you, uh, Jenna, on uh, whenever you get in or whenever we happen to bump into each other. Um, you know, I, I have a tendency to uh, make appearance at places that happen to sell wings. Um, not always eating, uh, but uh, maybe we'll run into uh, each other at some point. But certainly on Sunday, mm-hmm. now that I'm back at games, I didn't see you last year because I didn't go to any of the games. There was no reason for me to go to any of the games if I didn't have locker room access. So Jonah will be there. I can't wait to see you guys. It's been so long. And yet it hasn't. It seems like it's been even longer. Yeah, it does. No, I can't wait to see all of you guys and all the Buffalo sport media in that press box and say hello to old friends. It's been, it's like, that's like, that's the best part about this industry is you guys know, just seeing all your old colleagues, all the people you used to work with. It's a good time. Well, thank you for your time here, Jenna, on Tim Graham and Friends, brought to you by CTBK. And uh, let's do it again soon. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is awesome. CTBK is more than just a full-service accounting firm. They are one team with an innovative approach to accounting and rise to each new challenge with collaborative problem-solving skills. CTBK goes above and beyond by lending helping hands in the Buffalo and Niagara community through volunteer work and donations and has partnered up with Victory Sports for 2020 and 2021 to keep kids in the community active. The professionals at CTBK are determined to help individuals and businesses succeed. Whether a large corporation, a small business, or somewhere in between, call CTBK at 716-630-2400. Again, 716-630-2400 and see what CTBK's one-team approach can do for you.